Montessori. How's everybody doing? I realize that I start this podcast the same every time and I probably should like work on mixing it up a little bit, but you know what? (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Sometimes um, things are just as they are, but I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I'm coming at you with a solo episode today. So I've been really wanting to share this news for a long time. And now I felt like it was the right time to share the news and also to do an episode about it. So the news is I'm currently pregnant. Um, I'm 22 weeks pregnant and um, (laughs) I'm like really excited. Um, I've been on this journey uh, for a while. And I'm going to go through my journey today just so everyone kind of can understand what what it's been like for the past long time. <laughs> um, and I know that some of you out there can probably relate. In our work with children, it's so interesting how we work with children um, when they're not our own. And then some something kind of shifts and suddenly you're on the other side. Uh, And that's been a really interesting experience for me. So I'm going to go back to 2020, the pandemic. My husband and I got married in 2019 and, you know, always knew we wanted to have children. Um, I was ready before him, which I think is common, but I definitely was okay waiting. You know, I wanted to enjoy being married. We had all these plans to travel. And then, of course, the world shut down. And, you know, we, we kind of were like, okay, like, We'll start trying when I'm 32, I think, or 31. I can't remember. So my birthday came and and we just sort of started, you know, you start casually trying, right? You're, you're kind of naive. <laughs> I started learning about ovulation and cervical mucus and all these things that I really had no idea about, which was fascinating to me that I didn't know a lot of things about my body. And we didn't get pregnant for a long time. During this time, I was working with children. Um, And then we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where I began working at a lovely school down there um, in an elementary classroom. So working with children while you're trying to get pregnant is both hard and healing, I would say. It was such a joy for me to be around this amazing infectious energy that is something that I crave and love so dearly. But at the same time, it was a constant reminder of what I didn't have. And I think as a woman, um, uh, from my experience, I had this deep, deep, deep yearning to be a mother, almost like such a strong feeling that emotionally, it's almost too hard to bear. And so month after month of not getting pregnant really started to wear on me. And I had this thought in my brain (laughs) uh, that I couldn't get pregnant. I've had this fear for probably since I knew about what pregnancy was. I always was like in the back of my mind, had a fear that I couldn't get pregnant. And I wrestled with that fear. I challenged it, tried to ignore it, but it was always there. And of course it got all the louder when we weren't getting pregnant. And unfortunately, the advice that you're given is that you need to try for about a year before any kind of testing. While it is frustrating, I do understand that sometimes it does just take a while. Um, Some people are really lucky and it happens right away. 
some people it takes, you know, a few months to get things going. But for us, it just took, it took a while. And I wasn't going to just continue trying without getting information. I talked to my husband and I said, I'm going to talk to my doctor about getting tested because I, I just had a feeling I was like, you know, like we're doing everything right. You know, something else is something's going on. So what I did went to my doctor, I talked to her about it and she was so understanding and she referred me to this great OBGYN down in Charlotte, North Carolina and we got some testing and it was just a blood test. It was nothing invasive, nothing crazy. And the results came back. I had low AMH, which AMH is a hormone. Uh, it basically, it relates to your egg count. So at this time I was 32. So it basically tells you how many eggs you're releasing and sort of like what your ovarian reserve is. And it came back that I had low ovarian reserve, which basically means don't have a lot of eggs. And as a 32 year old, which is fairly young, I was really, really scared, really scared, devastated, also weirdly affirmed in my fear of not being able to get pregnant. And my doctor said, look, your way forward is probably IVF. And I had to sit with that because while I, I had some friends go through IVF, I, I couldn't believe that it was being told to me that this is your, if you want to have a baby, this is your only option. And so while it felt good to have a path forward and a plan and okay, like I'll go to this fertility clinic it also felt really, really sad. I felt really sad that we had been trying for so long and we were never going to get pregnant. You know, with my situation, it was never going to happen. So needless to say, it took a lot of processing. And all throughout this time, I was in the classroom. And there's something so amazing about being in an elementary space or a primary or toddler or adolescent. You really have to leave your baggage at the door and it became very healing and meditative for me to be silly with elementary kids, to do a music lesson, to go run outside, to play capture the flag, to kind of relish in all these amazing things about being a kid was weirdly healing for me. Um, now, I definitely had days where it was really hard and my anxiety was very high at this point. But I just sort of threw myself into that work in the classroom. Now we met with the fertility clinic. I love my fertility clinic in Charlotte so much. Carolina's Fertility Institute, they are incredible. If you are ever going through anything fertility-wise, I couldn't recommend them enough. They're incredible. So I went and I met with them, and it was a really positive experience. And basically, they're go-getters, right? They were like, okay, you want a baby and you've been waiting too long. We're going to make it happen. And they outlined everything with the timeline. And while it was really overwhelming, I finally felt like, oh, okay, like I have a path forward. And, you know, they were like, yes, you have low ovarian reserve, but we're going to do an egg retrieval and we're going to figure it out. And I, and I felt really taken care of. My husband and I went out that night because basically, you know, my doctor was like, here's the brass tax. It's very expensive. Our insurance didn't cover it. And we had to really be like, we had to sit with it. So I'll never forget. We went out to dinner and 
we talked about it and the waiter came over and she was like, are you guys celebrating anything tonight? And we were like, yeah, actually. And we told her about it and she was so supportive and so excited for us. She brought us a free round of champagne and she said, cheers to future parents. And uh, it was really special in that moment because for so long we had been disappointed and like, it's not going to happen and tired and really worn down. And then to have someone be like, this is so exciting. Like you're going to be parents felt really affirming. Now I was still very anxious and very nervous, but it was a beautiful moment. I was really lucky that the school that I worked for was really supportive because when you're going through an egg retrieval and a transfer, like an IVF schedule, it's very demanding. You have to go into the doctor every morning and mine didn't open until eight. I'm supposed to be at work at 730. So I really had to do some scheduling, but they're really supportive. And I was hopped up on all these hormones going through my egg retrieval. So, so nervous And it was really nice to be around kids. It was the end of the school year. Everybody was just really excited. It was, you know, exhausting work too, but it was such a great distraction during this time because when you're going through an egg retrieval, at least for me, it really feels like high stakes. It feels like life or death. It feels like the most important thing in the world. It's, it's really the only thing that that matters. At least that's how I felt about it. Cause it's so heavy and so big and you're injecting yourself with shots. You're mixing up things at home. You're putting unknown substances inside of your bloodstream. Like it's so scary. And then you're monitored every, every other day and so wild. So we got through the egg retrieval. Um, we were fortunate enough to get some embryos and we were all set to do a transfer like the month after. Now we were moving back to Virginia at this time and I was stepping away from Montessori because I needed to just take a step back. I was a little lost in my Montessori journey. I still think I might be. Um, (laughs) I knew I didn't necessarily want to lead a classroom again. It really just wasn't where I was thriving. So I decided to take a writing and PR job um, that I've been doing for the past eight months. And it's been the best gift actually to take a step back and reflect. Montessori is truly the love of my life, but it was not good for my life for a little bit of time, especially when I was going through this IVF and wanting to be a mom. So I just had to make the right choice for me. And doing this podcast still makes me feel really connected, even though I really miss the classroom. Um, And now being pregnant, kind of focusing on being a Montessori mom has sort of been a really nice resurgence for me. But anyway, we, as we were moving, we were supposed to be doing our transfer. I was taking estrogen. I was taking all these medications and my anxiety was (laughs) so bad. Uh, It was very, very high. I was also... Um, I also had an injury that I was really concerned and confused about. My ribs actually ended up being out of place. So basically it feels like you're having a heart attack. It was really, really scary. And this whole time my body hadn't been my own. So I felt really disconnected and confused. 
Um, so I actually made the choice to delay our transfer, which was probably the hardest choice. And when I say transfer in IVF terms, that means when they put the embryo inside you. So I made that choice, which was so sad, but it was also the, the, I had to do it. It was the only way I really got through that summer was prioritizing me getting better, me being in a healthy environment, you know? So then we were going to transfer in August and somehow (laughs) I developed a little polyp on my uterus. They're very common, but my doctor was like, I don't want to do it this month because I want to get that surgically removed because it could like interfere with the transfer. So we had to delay another month. I was devastated, but you know, it goes to show you that you have absolutely no control. You really don't. You have no control over this situation. And in that way, it was a little reassuring, you know, like even though I'm going through IVF, which is a very scientific experience, it is still, (laughs) you have no control. I was starting to feel better. I was getting more into my job. My ribs and back were healing so I could do yoga again. I was feeling more like myself. And then we started prepping for our transfer in October. And the prep for the transfer is, it's not as bad as the bad. It's not as intense as the egg retrieval, but there's still progesterone that you have to shoot into yourself. <laughs> there's still some estrogen. Um, there's still some stuff. It's still um, an intensive kind of situation. So my husband and I, we drove down. To, we did it in Winston-Salem. Oh my gosh, we were so nervous, but um, really excited and did the transfer. And then we waited two weeks. And during that two-week wait period, oh gosh, it was so hard. <laughs> but I had some really affirming things happen. Um, I was on a walk. I was feeling really all over the place because you're constantly symptom spotting, right? You're like, am I pregnant? Am I not pregnant? Like, I don't know. Like you're just sort of all over the place. Right. And so I went for a walk and I just sort of was really looking at the sky. I was really just meditatively walking And all of a sudden, something in me made me stop. And I looked down at the ground and there was a little baby boy sock on the ground. And I didn't know what we were having yet, but just a little baby blue sock on the ground. And I, it took my breath away. I was like, oh my gosh. But it was affirming. It was like, you're okay. You are okay. You know? So we got the news of our transfer. (laughs) That was an ordeal. I won't get into that. (laughs) The news came later than we thought, but we were fortunately pregnant. And I was shocked. I was completely shocked. (laughs) And uh, it was really special. And it's been such a miraculous and difficult journey. Pregnancy is no joke. You beautiful women who are pregnant in the classroom, I think you deserve like a million medals. It is so hard. Oh my God, I was so sick the first trimester. Of course, I'd worked so hard to get pregnant. I was like, why am I like <laughs> really like pissed off? Because I felt like crap, you know, and you you don't want to eat anything really because you're feeling like crap. And oh, gosh, it just was really, really hard. So I'm in my second trimester now and things are getting a little bit better. Definitely feel more connected to the baby. I'm feeling him. It is a boy, <laughs> actually. I'm feeling him move, which is really exciting. I toured my first Montessori school, which was great. I've been researching all the Montessori nursery things and thinking about how to structure it in my house. And I'll definitely do more episodes about that. It's, it's been pretty fascinating to be 
on this bridge to the other side of becoming a Montessori parent when I've worked with parents for so long. And I really see a lot of the interactions I've had with parents in a totally different light now that I am, I'm going to have a little boo-boo who's going to be causing mayhem in the classroom maybe. And it's really interesting. Parents just want the best for their kids, right? I mean, like at the end of the day, some of those really challenging conversations, I mean, it's it's rooted in love and, and fear. So it's taught me a lot already. But yeah, more Montessori mom content to come. But I wanted to share this journey and this update with you guys uh, because this community means a lot to me. And when I started it, when Jamie and I started this in like 2018, 2017, I don't even know. I knew that it was needed in the community to have a space for people to be open and honest. Um, but I didn't know that everyone would be on this journey and would be so honest and open and your comments, your emails, I just, I cherish them so much. And, and I thought I owed it to all of you to be honest and open about what I've been going through lately. So we're pregnant. I'm due in July, July 9th. Um, and it's going to be wild, (laughs) but I'm really, really excited. And I'm excited to sort of enter this new phase with all of you. If you have any questions, uh, also tips, advice. Hi, parents. Hello. Help me. I would love to hear. I eventually want to do like an AMA episode and ask me anything because I think that would be great. Um, And I'd love to answer some of your questions, even though I don't even know if I am qualified to, but I would love to try. Um, But anyway, thanks as always for listening.